Hello, welcome to Rebel FM, episode 281. My name is Anthony Gallegos. Joining me is Matt Chandrenay. Uh, Matt Chandrenay. I'm not going to take care of this on. And Arthur I'm going to be the party people. Hi. This is my I'm joke. This is my, first, this is my first show of the year. You did it. I guess this is my first show of the year, too, huh? You guys did a diner cast last we did. one, right? We did. Mm-hmm. basically a Star Wars cast. Yeah, yeah. We, basically, we talked for games for like half of it and then just talked about Star Wars. <laughs> By half of it, it was like we talked about two video games and just geeked the fuck out about like Star Wars novels. And I saw it for the third time this weekend. Nice. I saw it for the third time earlier today. Um, you just got back. I just got back. Both of the times I've seen it, the second the second and third time that I saw it was taking other people nice. to see it. I saw mm-hmm. it twice in theaters, and I don't ever need to see it that way again. So I, I kind of feel that way after four. Like, I would, but I just don't feel the need. I kind of feel like that I way did. after one, though. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, the like, first okay. time, well, I, I didn't the first time, because the first time I saw it, I was way over on the side of the theater, and the 3D mm. just wasn't any good. But I just don't like to watch movies multiple times. Like, not like that. Like, I, I usually don't. Theater. It's a very rare thing for me to, like, see a movie more than once in a theater. But, like, yeah. this one, I, I was like... like that like, movie is very watchable. Yeah, it, it totally is. And, you know, I had a specific set of circumstances, which is, you know, I saw it in bad 3D. Then I went up to Idaho for two weeks and was hanging out with my family. And we saw it at a theater there, and they had a shitty 3D camera, so, you know, or Great. a 3D projector. So it was all super dark and, like, oh, lots of ghosting. One of those. And uh, so then I came back and I finally saw it in really excellent 3D today, and it was fucking great. It's pretty good. In yeah, 3D. I did not. I did not. Yep. Both times I watched it, I did not see it in 3D. I saw it in 3D twice. I saw IMAX Same. 3D the first time. I did IMAX mm. 3D Universal for my second time or my fourth time. We did 3D the second time, and then this time was just 2D. And I actually think that I prefer that. Yeah. I pretty much always prefer 3D unless it's bad 3D. Really? It was just, it was yeah. just wow. Brighter, oh, yeah. like it was just clearer. Um, I just don't want to wear the glasses it, is what it comes me down too. to for me. Like having, I, well, dude, and wearing the wearing glasses, glasses is, is not the worst. super fun. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't even notice them. Like like well, I noticed them when I first put them on and then they're just gone and I'm in a 3D movie and I'm loving it. If she brings it to you in her mouth and it's drops an it to you, you have to throw yeah. it. That's, that's, um, thank that's you. Cool. Arthur's cat Freya plays fetch. It's pretty adorable. Her, It's when she walks up to you with a thing in her mouth. Uh-huh. It's like it's something she killed. Um <laughs> Video games. Video games. Video games. We all played them. Fortunately, we all have games to talk about. Yeah, and it was really great to have. It was really great to have two weeks to just do nothing and just play video games and hang out with my family. It was it was fucking awesome. You know, over my break, I really didn't want to play video games. I didn't either, dude. I read books. Well, it's also not my job to play video games like it is for you guys. Um, I bought a Surface Book, and so I was using that a bunch. This the new new one. Yes. How do we feel about that? I like it a lot. I like it a super lot. It's a little weird. I think we talked very briefly about it before we did the music cast that yep. the weight is strange. Mm, like because mm-hmm. the screen is where most of the weight is. Right. Like, it's, like, a, it's super thin, but it's super heavy. Um, yeah, but it's more like with a MacBook, it's it's not super heavy, but like the weight is in the base mm-hmm. because that's where most of the components are. Whereas in a Surface Book, most of the components, with the exception of a second battery and a GPU, are in are the in screen. The screen. And so it just has a strange sort of center of balance. 
That's but yeah, no. weird. makes it makes it weird to open it up and set it on your lap or something. Yeah. But uh, it has like the best screen in a laptop I've ever used. That's it's awesome. Fucking incredible. Nice. Um, and it runs stuff very well. Like the like the drawing responsiveness with the pen is really good. Um, Have you played games on it? Uh, I played some Ori on it, and it seems to run all right. That's uh, good. Uh, Dota runs well, depending. Depending on the resolution, because yeah, the screen gonna... is two thousand by three thousand by two thousand. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes a difference. Um, like for battery life, just for like watching, like watching video on that thing, the battery lasts like ten or eleven hours. Holy shit! Wow, that's really good. Uh, while doing stuff, yeah, Surface Two battery life is like five seconds. It's really awful. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, like I'm really liking it so far, and I was like really ready to take it back if I didn't like it because it yeah. was super fucking expensive, well, like yeah. absurdly expensive. Um, Costs as much as computers used to cost when we were kids. I think costs as much as it would cost me to build a PC. Well, it costs like a MacBook. I mean, that's yeah. like a really high end. MacBook. I mean, it costs like as much as like the, probably the most expensive MacBook. Yeah, because it's yeah. the. I think it's. I got the second most expensive configuration. Christ. I just remember back in my day when you'd pay $3,000 for any computer at all that you Which wanted in your house. how much the book cost. How yeah. about that? Hello, tax write-off. Yup, <laughs> for real. Um, but uh, I did play some Assassin's Creed Syndicate. How is that? Uh, it is definitely the most playable Assassin's Creed has been in a very, very long what time. What do you mean playable? Uh, it's, it's a video game. It is super <laughs> aware of player convenience. Yeah, well, that's... Ah. So I mean, a lot of the the cumbersome elements of the game are minimized. Like there's still like, I just, I don't know what it's going to take for, for them to create some kind of AI routine that like, that absolutely knows that you do not mean to run up a pole that you walk by. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, you graze it and you're like, Oh, I'm going to just turn 90 degrees to the right and run straight up. But now like (laughs) when you're moving, like a, a is up and B is Mm -hmm. down. Yeah, the, that like, that started control. like that started the last Unity. one, right? In Unity, but not very the well. Entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still there. It works better. Uh, there's a lot less accidentally jumping to your death. Yeah. Um, like the way you do a leap of faith has changed slightly. Um, but most conveniently is once you get the grappling hook, like the speed at which you traverse environments is just exponentially increased because it's no more looking for clotheslines or looking. You're basically for Batman. Kind of. It's not. It's not as fast as that. Does like, it do the Batman thing though, where you kind of just look up at a wall and it'll like show yeah. like you know here's a symbol like oh you can do it at any like you don't have to aim it or something. You can, but you can't do it from like a million miles away. Like if you okay. are on the ground and you're going straight up, like you need to be against the side of a building. Sure, Batman's Weird. does go pretty weirdly. Far. The game that Syndicate reminds me the most of in that regard is Tenchu, like the original oh, Tenchu, yeah. which was I I the original Solid Tenchu with a grappling good. hook. It was fucking cool. But um, then they all sucked after that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, the first one, in hindsight, wasn't very good either, but it, it was, was original. Just, it was so yes, original. It yeah. was so original, yeah. Like poisoning a rice ball and throwing it for mm-hmm. something. Yep. Yeah. Stealth kills felt fucking awesome. Hiding yeah. on corners. That was new at the time. Yeah, um, definitely. And just like, I, I'm not a big fan of, of the way that they've simplified the combat because it just feels like Batman now. And I, I miss the sort of rhythmic counter-based stuff from the other games, but Me it's something too. that people oh, have been complaining yeah. about well, for that, literally years. Wasn't, so. I guess, what do you mean? What's the difference between it the used rhythmic counter-based versus would what hit. Batman does, right? Because no, no, no. Batman sort of... No, Batman, you pound on the button until you see the counter thing, and then you hit a counter, and then you do that, and then you Batman go back has to some of that, like, but AC mo- relied more on that rhythmic well, style of, like, AC when you just that you didn't hit the button until you hit the button? No, yes. it was that when your fist hit the enemy, you hit square again, and you would build this, like, more rapid rhythm... 
heavier hitting combos. Like you could mash it and you would just wail on a dude, but if you yeah. did it at the at a certain tempo, based on like what your character was doing, it, the game would respond in a really interesting way. And, and the counter system was just more developed. Like mm-hmm. if you ha- you could equip your hidden blade, and like if somebody tried to attack you, you would counter and instant kill them. Yeah, and the problem now, like the, the thing I don't like about yeah, Syndicate that, is everyone takes kind of boring in a way. That no, because like, the more lethal the more lethal the weapon, uh, the smaller the window of opportunity is to do that counter. So like with a hidden blade, you really have to nail like the timing, or they're just going to club you over the skull. And, and even then, I feel like most of the responses are not instant kills like they used to be, and there's no, no like, training there's of basically kills. None. Yeah, it's like it takes fucking forever to get through and three yeah, guys. That, I just really? don't think that's it. Doesn't make me feel like an assassin. It makes me feel like Batman. Yeah, I mean that that was the great thing with Assassin's Creed is that like I knew that if I was on my game and I was paying attention and I was really with it even if I hadn't like leveled up my shit or had the most powerful sword even at the beginning of the game if I ran into a group of 12 dudes I could take them all down without getting hit once and in like this really fluid rapid way exactly yeah, yeah. and it An felt angry, angry fucking ghost. awesome because yeah. <laughs> you just like twirl from one guy to the next and yep. you'd cut them down so quickly and then just walk yep. away felt and really like, good. like and, you can, and if you paid attention to like if the guy, like, how kind of injured they were acting or what direction they were facing, you knew which buttons you could press to insta-kill them, and it varied a little bit between your weapons. And if somebody came at you with, like, a heavy weapon, you know, like your counter with your hidden blade, uh, like a guy with a two-handed axe, your counter wouldn't kill him. He would just, like, shove you away. Yeah. But if you count, but if you put away your hidden blade and countered him with bare hands, you'd, you'd take, take his, his weapon away and, and, like, bury it in his fucking head. It was yeah. a lot more tactical back then. Back, so, yeah, back in just, the day. Like, I, I just feel like... I, I, I always love that yeah. about Assassin's Creed. I think all that has been stripped out because people don't... That's not, like, a mass market thing anymore. Like, uh. a lot of the sort of mass market or a lot of the sort of more esoteric, idiosyncratic elements of Assassin's Creed over time just got sanded away i'll be curious to see how this one sells but I, uh, the I first month was lower i haven't heard than, anyone talk about it yeah i mean the first month was lower than uh the one from last year whose name already unity. unity uh but the second month improved i don't understand why they would sand all that stuff away as you put it i like that turner because phrase. they want it to be the game that sells 15 million copies like it is it is the most money-making franchise that ubisoft has i wonder how long that, that that will be right for. but i mean like if Not you continue yeah. if you continue to like pull out anything out of that game that actually you know allows you to sink your teeth into it at some point do people get bored with it i mean it's still a massive open world game with a fucking absurd amount of things to do uh, but at what point th- do they just transition away from AC and toward Watch Dogs as the new big franchise where they do different know, modern I day guess cities? when they make a Watch Dogs that <laughs> reviews good. super well yeah. that doesn't depress their financial quarter. Mm-hmm. Was um, the uh, So how speaking of that open world stuff, how is the open world stuff? Because I'm so tired of Assassin's Creed open world bullshit. Um, I think <laughs> that fast travel... It feels faster, although it works basically the same way. It's just a sync point. I mean, do that's, you still that's climb fine, towers but... to reveal maps. Yeah, sure. I do. mean, but which I, I like, though. I no, like I, I've always liked that. I'm talking more about like you know mission structure and stuff like that. It be, it became so by the numbers after a while. They do some interesting new stuff, like they add new systems and mechanics to this to the objective design. In mm-hmm. that, a lot of it has to do with like the liberation of the city and freeing it from. The, whatever oppression is there so it's a lot of going it's to this different gang leaders all the gang leaders right. like work for this main templar and like there are two assassins in the game there's evie and jacob fry evie is like the traditional assassin like concerned with assassin problems like mm-hmm. gathering pieces of eden and sort of unveiling con- the templar conspiracy whereas jacob is like we need to wrest templar control of london 
and to me, Jacob is boring. Like he is mm. like the quintessential, like completely personalityless douche Assassin's Creed protagonist <laughs> that has been in place since Edward mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in Black Flag. In Black Flag, yeah. Um, like uh, he was boring. Fucking the dude from the last game, Ar- Arno. Is that mm-hmm. the dude from the last game? Like. He was super boring. Connor, this dude not that is super interesting boring. either. I really honest. liked Connor. The problem, like the problem, a lot of people have with Connor is that he was an asshole. Yeah, like I thought that's what we were talking about. I thought you said they were all douchey. No, see, I Connor is is different in that Connor is like an Indian in colonial America whose people are being he's eradicated by literally everyone he comes in contact with, and he's actually angry instead yeah. of just being like, you know, uh, a prick. Yeah, yeah in, instead of just being yeah prickish like, mis- and mi- he's scruffy pants he's making you know? decisions based on like trying to protect his people and literally every decision he makes is compromised in some way and eventually it doesn't matter like eventually like his people were all murdered mm-hmm. uh and so his is a very sad story whereas edward is just like i like money so <laughs> i'm gonna be a pirate who also is magically an assassin for no particular reason but, uh, yeah, but beyond the, the box art needing but, to sell copies, exactly. but the pirate stuff is awesome. <laughs> um, and Arno was similar; like he was like a very personalityless French douche, and now like Jacob is a not particularly personality full British douche. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least in this game, the British accents make sense. <laughs> uh, whereas Evie is smart and like a little no bullshit, but. I feel like she has more personality and more of like a clear motive than Jacob does. Mm. Jacob's just like, man, it sure would be rad to lead a gang. Yeah. And that's just, <laughs> it's boring. So um, he's like, man, it sure would be rad to lead a gang, but also I'm a part of this ancient secret order. Uh, they're, they're twins. <laughs> he doesn't really give a shit about was, the assassins. was order. an assassin. Uh, yeah, but so obviously they were he's trained. part of the order. He is like, they work together. Like they pull each other's asses out of this the fire just, as needed. This, these games just sound so fucking like the way that I hear some people roll their eyes about Star Wars shit. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. But, I'm sort of tapped out on this game's universe. Yeah. Especially after some of the shit in Syndicate. Then I'm just like, okay, the end of this game is awful. Is among the worst video game endings I've ever seen. That's really? impressive because Unity's is literally the, one of the worst video game endings I've ever seen. Uh, so really? was three. Jesus. Three was not good mm. either. Three was three was the at least, current like yeah. the modern stuff in three was. It felt rushed. Like they had yeah. meant to. Yeah, be that ending different. was fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> it was so. Unity's ending uh, goes out of its way to tell you nothing you did over the entire course of the game matters. Sick at all <laughs> uh, like to the point where it says oh well i guess we didn't actually need to find like the current day stuff oh. is like oh i guess we didn't need to do that after all <laughs> god damn it that was useless sort of the motif for this i was gonna say it's like the people who shipped it were trying to put that in there like why did we ship this? <laughs> i mean there is a lot of weird meta commentary in all of the assassin's creed since yeah. black yeah. flag yeah um, definitely black flag especially felt like this is what it's this is how shitty it is to work at a game <laughs> developer definitely but i don't know i mean I enjoy, enjoy it. I enjoy, like, traversing the buildings. It's just not grabbing me super hard, which may just be because I was so burned out on video games by the end of the year. And I think yeah. that it might wear on you eventually. Like, there is some cool new stuff in the mission design, but ultimately a lot of it does boil down to you. Even, like, if you're rescuing kids or planting... What's the, t- what's the uh, T-minus till from start to when you first have to walk along a rooftop watching a guy walk around but not being uh, ex- seen? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> not long, but it's actually super easy. 
now. Like, they've removed a lot of the punitive challenge and things like that. But there are still random chase missions. And anything involving a carriage is bullshit. Yeah, oh my <laughs> like, god. The carriages? Uh, and I get it, like... I'm, I feel like they're building up to releasing a game that has cars. I just feel like hmm. they do, they've been doing the same shit for so long. And, like, you know, like, we complained, like, oh, Ghost Recon does a lot of the same shit. Advanced Warfighter, they made two. And it was, like, grading that they had a lot of the same mechanics. What yeah. is this, like, the seventh Assassin's Creed? To be fair, it's also completely different time periods and completely different cities. And, the, you know, but and the mechanic, though- I'm just talking about mechanically they're doing the same shit. Well, the thing about Assassin's Creed... Mechanically, they've added, like, a major thing with every Assassin's Creed game. They they have... In in terms of, like, controlling your character and stuff, yeah. But, I mean, like, most of the other mechanic stuff that they've added, except for the pirate ship stuff... I don't know. They've added pretty extensive... Assassin's Creed 3 added homestead stuff and the ships. Black Flag blew out the ships and turned the entire thing into an open world. Yeah, but are there ships in the English one? No. I'm no. saying I'm no, saying so there are not, no ships in the this. mechanics aren't building. It's just like they add a new mechanic, but then the rest of it's the same shit they've been doing every year. So that's what I'm saying. I don't so know. The get... grappling hook thing is like yes, and it also, is a means there's of... like the same sort of city building stuff that was in Assassin's Creed 2 as well as like a train and a bunch of gang management and stuff. I'm like, just saying we get burned out on Batman. Batman adds new mechanics yeah. too, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. a grappling hook is not a but game. it is definitely iterative. I mean, I significant iteration. I didn't get burned out on Batman. I stopped liking Batman when it stopped being Metroid and started being Grand Theft Auto. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't like it as much that way either. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Arkham Asylum was one of the best Metroid style action adventure games I've ever played, and like Arkham City was not that, and yeah. Arkham Knight is definitely not that. Yeah. So I didn't enjoy it. And yep. I, uh, I, I'm just. I'm tired of like, you know, go to this spot. Somebody tells you to go do mission. You go there, you assassinate a dude or you open a treasure chest, you know, and like running around the city and finding loot chests isn't fun at all anymore. Like when I run across a loot chest icon on a map, I'm just like, no, I'll just keep running. The rumor is that, I mean, this is what Schreier and company published on Kotaku is that they're going to skip this year. For Assassin's Creed. Well, I hope so, because, like, it's... I feel they're, they're going to run into the Call of Duty problem, which is they're just going to run their franchise dry. I mean, Black Ops 3 is incredibly popular, so I don't know. Yeah, but that's because of multiplayer. But I also... I now. actually don't know how popular Black Ops 3 is, because they've stopped trumpeted, trumpeting player numbers. Mm-hmm. And, like, the esports element of that game is not doing well at all. Yeah. Like, I literally did not know it had one. Yeah, it's weekly. Like what? presented by PlayStation. What? So I'll, I'll say this no too. Idea. I'll say this too. A lot of the the reason you didn't know it. So I was actually talking with someone who was explaining to me why Activision would buy MLG, hmm. and it's because they paid next to nothing for it. And a lot of the reason that you were never seeing Black Ops and stuff in the top of Twitch is a because watching first person shooters is not always the greatest, right. but b because all the top gamers like the the fucking cutie pies and stuff like that of who's like a league streamer like all the people of that had contracts with mlg that said they had to use mlg streaming service exclusively really they could mm-hmm. not stream on twitch oh so activision buying it out allowed them to free up their contracts where now they can stream on twitch these call of duty big timers and stuff like but that. but it may be too late honestly so, i know but csgo yeah. is now like a fucking massive totally yeah. i'm just saying that that's part of the reason it's never really blown up in that way is that all these guys were restricted from using twitch and so, like, unless who, who have you ever gone to MLG to watch a stream? Never, like, never exactly. once in my entire life. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like that's why they. So part of the reason they bought it was to free all these guys out of their contracts, so that huh. they could 
have them on Twitch. Spreads. I don't think that's a good enough reason to buy a MLG. <laughs> well, obviously I, they're I'm also sure buying they, it for the infrastructure sure to have their events and stuff I, too. But I, I mean, MLG has been kind of a joke for a long time. But they paid little, very little for it, like mm. in in Activision's probably like the double digit millions. Yeah, can you know? Where's you know? That's like nothing. Yeah, like the low double digit millions. Well, they paid Activision paid forty six million dollars in San Francisco. I think they and paid it was to the dollar what they owed stockholders or shareholders or whatever. Huh. So they bought it at cost. Yep. To huh. the dollar. Yeah. I mean, I that's not like Call of Duty's big problem, though. Like Call of Duty's big. I mean, and also they were streaming Call of Duty like esports stuff for Black Ops 3 as soon as the game came out. Like mm-hmm. it was not. I don't know what the MLG streamer thing was, but like teams like the big teams like oh, optic, optic. And well Fnatic, events could like, events yeah. could still be streamed on twitch but individual streamers were restricted because they signed things with mlg that's always right. mostly but like the the overall like the viewership stuff for their stuff is like like when a regional dota qualifier like does more streams than the the like big activision and sony pushed call of duty things like, yeah totally i just think a lot of it comes down to watchability dota is infinitely more watchable yes even if you don't understand that game it is still more comprehensible than I, a I fairly easy to understand video I, game that I, is I, nightmarish to watch i still don't esports. i still don't agree that uh <clears throat> that fps's are necessarily more hard to watch i think it's, i think the game has to be designed around watching yeah i think i, I think that call but of I duty think, is but i think even watch. games that you could even go back to old school fps's and it would it's an infrastructure problem on how you display this kind of stuff and how you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And nobody's trying to do it right. That's the problem. I don't know that uh, that's true because like Halo seems to be doing it quite well. Yep. Yeah. But I'm yeah, saying, but I, that, I don't I'm saying like that like you, watching Halo either. I, I don't I'm think not, the Halo season is going right now. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, uh, the, you know, the new Halo stuff is bad or that they're doing it wrong. I'm saying that like it could have been done right a long time before without it being built into the game. It's all about like streaming the. It's all about like having uh, two levels of intermediaries in between the players and what goes out onto onto a live stream, and you have to have you have to have a uh, you have to have somebody at a switchboard with a producer looking over their back for each team, and then both of those need to be fed into a central switchboard. That is that is only two options that goes into a central switchboard where you have a third producer and a third person at a switchboard looking at their back. That sounds and like the commentators are looking at theirs. Covering it's, a basketball game. Exactly. It's basically but, a, it's a sports. And that's it's a sports that casting is like scenario. So incredibly involved and beyond like the level of expertise or institutional knowledge or money that anyone this side has. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying that like if you, if if people are going to do FPS stuff right, you know, they could have started with that model. And tried to do it that way. Uh, I'm also, not, every I'm not sporting event any... covered like that is like cameras aimed at a flat surface, <laughs> like a big <laughs> flat surface. Yeah, but but uh, it's about it's also in the other aspect of it is you know having third person cameras, which pretty much all of those games have the ability to have third person cameras. Well, for but, debugging, if nothing else. But if for debugging, if nothing else. But the uh, and you know you could replay Call of Duties, you know, like all the way back to like Modern Warfare Three, I think it was, where you could have third person cameras and people could do their own camera moves and all kinds of stuff to upload to YouTube videos. And um, but the developers are super super stingy, well, at least in some games, about showing stuff in third person because because the, the animations don't look nearly and as good. And they'll continue to not have anybody watch their game be played. 
(laughs) that's that's what i'm saying is that like with the nobody cares that your animations look dumb they but they want to see that person they want to see a sick 360 no scope from third i just think that trying to anticipate that your game is going to be an esport has proven to not i mean i don't know that's true i think saying your game is going to be an esport yeah i guess that's evolve right evolve being like (laughs) the most mind-boggling example the thing about rainbow six is that like that game is structured in a way that makes it more esporty they also have features in there like they have spectator cams and they have Mm -hmm. decent stuff now if the game would just work Yep. For a week. <laughs> like, that would be a good start to helping them build an audience and also releasing a game that isn't totally fucking insulting in its business model. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That's the reason I haven't played it. All my friends are playing it, and everyone's like, yeah, really? I like playing it, but uh, kind of hate playing it. <laughs> everything around the actual match is awful. Yep. Exactly. Um, like, everything that is not in the game is awful. Mm. So I'm like, no thanks. So. A counter to that would be a game I played right before I went on vacation, which was Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2, uh, which I really liked Garden Warfare, like, a lot. Seemed fun. I didn't really uh, play It was super much. fun. It also I didn't had, like, play as much of it as I wanted. million players. Yeah. Like, that game was massively successful. Makes sense. Uh, it's and it... one of the ways it was successful was by appealing to people who didn't typically play shooters. Yep. Um, Wait, it had 8 and million all players? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> right? That just seems unlikely because I could never find a full match. I don't know like what time you were playing or what platform you were playing on, but it was also it came out oh, on everything. Like... Did it? Yeah. I uh, I thought it was an Xbox One game. That's it was like... for like six months, and then it finally came out on everything else. Hmm. I think it even came to 360. There was a version on 360. Um. So that was it. Was very stripped down, like and very limited in what it was. It was like here's the multiplayer, here's the co-op fuck you it's forty dollars and this <laughs> the garden warfare 2 is not that it is multiplayer and cooperative like zones or cooperative levels but also like it takes place in this thing called the backyard battleground which is like a open world where you wander around either alone or with friends and just do like emergent like shit sort of like destiny was supposed to do and never has quite done uh and as you unlock challenges and find things like you get points to unlock different parts of levels and you can find secrets and like get new challenges and new things inside of the game. Hmm. Um, so like right off the bat, it's much more ambitious in how it does all that. And also like to go into multiplayer, like you walk up to a terminal in the world and like set your options and then walk into a portal and it takes you into multiplayer. That's um, so 90s vr but you can i think you can also just go to a menu and do it too yeah yeah um and like the backyard battleground is where you store all your unlocks and like look at all the stuff you've got and can track your progress and all this other stuff and in the middle of it there's a king of the hill thing that you can activate that activates a specific mode uh that is like a wave-based survival thing Hmm. that's Um, pretty cool it's very very ambitious um to the point where I didn't totally understand everything they were saying after their presentation. Like there was so much (laughs) stuff. Like there are some game presentations where they try to get so like 30,000 feet above their game that, and there's so much stuff that it's literally impossible to really understand what they're saying. And this was definitely one of those presentations. Mm -hmm. Um, But just playing it, it, it has like a very distinct feel to it. And there are, not only are there three new character types on each side, like there are very dramatic 
like sub variations for each character class. Like the Sunflower has a a alternate version called the Vampire Sunflower, where yeah, like you talked about this before. I'm just curious, like in your opinion, why do you think this exists as an entirely new game then? Like rather than like if there's eight million people, or is it maybe just the like instead of like DLC or something like that? Like, well, there I mean, is a campaign. Like, it does have single. Yeah, player. like oh, there is. Yeah, the, like there is like a massive like campaign component. There wasn't game. that in the original. No, there right? was none of that. Like, it was just mode. There was like survival stuff or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. there was a cooperative survival mode, <laughs> and there was adversarial and that was it. Whereas mm-hmm. this has like a cooperative campaign, like in that backyard battleground thing that I was talking about, uh, and also like. You can be with friends together in the backyard battleground, or your friends can play against you in the backyard battleground. Um, That's so. Cool. In addition to all that, like it's also just it adds it like doubles the number of kinds of characters. It it adds variations like the vampire sunflower, which is like you heal thing you heal yourself by shooting other things. Like in addition to like having a heal beam that you can put on other people, you start with way less. So health, you can you be get... the sunflower and still be encouraged to be aggressive. Yes. Rather than, which is purely... interesting because like the sunflower already had like one of the best guns. It in did. The game. Yeah. Like, which one of the things that I don't think has been solved, uh, that I've seen so far is that it is a little too asymmetric in that the, I think the scientist is a shitty hewer compared to the sunflower mm-hmm. and his gun isn't as good as the sunflower's gun. Uh, and there are lots of like uneven bits in the game like that. Uh, and like the tank class for each side is very different. Like for the zombies, it's super zombie, With which is like a zombie gun? superhero. No, it's a zombie superhero who is a melee class. He punches stuff. Like He punches stuff and like kicks stuff. Oh, what is it for the plants? It's a giant orange with an energy beam. All right. <laughs> As it and should. it's it, the game is totally fucking absurd. Like looking at people playing that. it is so it's so funny. <laughs> uh, like it it's weird that the plants versus zombies thing actually tra- like translates to a third person shooter, but it really really does. It did in Garden Warfare and it does here. Yeah. Are all the same other classes returning too? Yeah, everything like- is returning, and then there's like way more stuff, and now like. Taking subclasses can very can drastically change change the way that you play those classes, and, and there's a beta that starts tomorrow. And can you still s- just switch classes on the fly? Yes, that's awesome. Um, it's always fun in a class based shooter. Do they still do the card stuff? Too? Out. Yeah, they definitely do the card stuff, and you can use that in the co op mode and in uh and in the backyard battleground, and also that's mm. how you unlock like a lot of new varieties of character, and also like the sticker book stuff is still. There. I was gonna say yeah, the, the old one I thought it was mostly just sticker book stuff, right? Visuals. Yeah, like put the, hats in your guys. Yeah, exactly. And there's like a shitload more hats for everybody. So, so it's I I'm interested. I the thing is that like it was easier to make the argument for it being a weird multiplayer only thing when it was $40 and now it's still a primarily multiplayer driven thing that will sell for $60. And it seems very much like looking at destiny and hoping that, that for some reason, like the mania that has overcome people to play that game as much as they do will like (laughs) rub off on something else. And I just, I, I think that we're definitely at a point where new multiplayer games will have a problem building a player base. And they have for like a year. Like yeah, I mean, I don't even year. know anyone who's playing Halo still, to be completely honest. I, I mean, I know people that still play play Halo, but not the people that I hoped would. Yeah. But I also didn't have a chance to keep playing. If you want to play Halo, I would love to play Halo. I would love to go play some big team battle. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> uh, 
I saw today like a forge map. Somebody remade the desert map from Halo Three. Nice, like the one that has the elephant. Yeah, but there's Good. no elephant in Good. the forge version. Rip. Uh, <laughs> I just want to do some rocket race. That was the shit. Hell yeah. And other, like so, other than that, uh, Tharsis. Did you talk about Tharsis? No, I, I have played Tharsis. Uh, I swear I didn't to God, ta- you talked about ta- it on the show. What else did um, the person that made Tharsis make? It's Choice Provisions, Whoa, which Dave. used to be Gaijin Games. Uh, uh, okay. Yep. Oh. Very different from huh. what they've made yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, Most they, notably, they have 3D. A, yeah, yeah, they have they have some new. They're they're definitely branching out in the kind of stuff that they do. Another game that they announced later last year, like last November, was uh, Laser Life, um, which uh, it's it's a little difficult. Is to that explain. the Ghost Astronaut? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Ghost Astronaut thing. Uh, but uh, which just reminds me of a Venture Brothers episode. I might have brought up Tharsis because Area Five did trailers for both Laser Life and Tharsis, so I've actually played a ton of Tharsis. Because whenever you do a trailer for a game, you have to play the shit out of a game to unlock everything mean? and get all the footage. I think you it's want. short for Catharsis. No, okay, like... Tharsis is a region on Mars. Oh, oh. Mm. Um, and it's so a, you're in a ship. the The thing about Tharsis is you're in a ship that's not. Unlike the ship that Matt Damon's crew is on in The Martian, <laughs> kind of. Ex- kind of. Except you're in control of Matt you're Damon's crew. You're like a space home. <laughs> you, got, you got a space house. It's a space. It's a space dong in space. Yeah. You know, like a big thing with it's a space dong in space in its natural environment. <laughs> it, it, it's just you know multiple sections, big old and satellite, have, dick. and then like each turn, bullshit happens, and you have to respond to that bullshit. So the, and the hope with, that you but don't with dice, it. right? Yeah. So yeah. the thing to understand is that it's a it's luck. It's a turn-based strategy game that is entirely dependent on RNG and how you use it. Uh, oh, it's a dice game. And the yeah. other RNG's most this? important thing to know about it is that it is the kind of game whose time investment proposition is very skewed and that it will take an enormous amount of time to get even a fraction of the way into the game. And not because it's like, oh, I'm learning new skills? No, it's because it will kill you over and over and over and over and over and over and it over. Makes, it makes no no bones about the fact like, that you will die all the time in this game. Yeah, it, like, Arthur's not wrong, like, about, he said off the air, like, three to four turns and all of a sudden your people are eating each other and... Oh, before that. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, before it gives that. you the cannibalism well, option like way before the fourth well, turn. Because I think, well, because right in the beginning of the game, it, the idea is that you're on this ship that's going from Earth to Mars because there was this mysterious signal received and then like something goes wrong in the middle of the trip. And two crew were killed. And, uh, and yeah, and one of your modules explodes and one crew, two crew are killed, one guy flies off into space and the other person that was killed can be food if it turns out that you need that person yeah, once, to be food. Once you run out of food in the pantry, shit gets real real quick. Yep. So they give and you they give you a body to eat right away. But yeah. you can decide yes. not to eat it. You can decide not to eat it. If you weak. do eat it, like everybody's health is permanently reduced by one. No, eat the, the fucking only, body. The person Don't be a baby. It. Uh Okay, everybody who eats the the copious amount of person food. <laughs> That's not uh, how it should be. It should be for like three turns. They get like four extra health. Does, it, yeah. does that make your dice bloody too? That or? makes your uh, your dice going bloody is partially based on the cannibalism, but that's also based on that crew member's stress level. Okay, uh, but I think the cannibal I think cannibalism is like the quick way to make your dice. Bloody. The thing, the way that I would describe the dice. demeanor of this game is like take FTL, yeah, and up the difficulty 
like to hard right away. All right, I'm remove, already pissed off. Re- remove the sense of whimsy and replace mm. it with sadism. Like this it's game, like, it's like fucked up Sims. Is a f- it's, but it's it's worse fucked than that. Like it's Sims. just fucked up space Sims in Event Horizon. It's like how can you <laughs> how can you prolong how long it takes to kill your crew for as long as possible? This sounds not fun. You are you are on the uh, the the, so the thing that makes it fun. Well, first of all, like it's only like eight turns or something like that. Ten ten turns. Yeah. Okay. So like maybe ten turns between you know the the moment of crisis until you get to Mars. So it's theoretically, if you can make it through, it's actually a pretty short game. Got a really awkward arrival. Oh, we did it. Uh, Everyone's dead. There's two of us. We ate our friends. You you told and I and I have made it to the end of the game with one person that only has like two health everybody else and has your died ship is like down food. to two out of ten and yeah and the game actually has different endings depending on how well you come out in the end by the time you get to mars i just for me like it it is so aggressive so early that it's removing my ability to become attached to it because it's like yep. it is it is worse than dark souls in that way where it's like it does not give a fuck shit will go wrong from right to wrong right away well, and at it least doesn't in Dark Souls you have a semblance fun. of control because you are responsible for your actions as opposed to dice dictating the well, future except of your, for in whatever. in those games there is stuff that doesn't like the the way that it informs you that something works a certain way is by killing you yeah and i should say too about tharsis it's not just a dice roll that determines your future like so the dice roll is a huge part of it but it isn't just like you roll a dice and it's like oh your guy died it's like you roll a dice and you have to decide how you want to distribute that dice okay. as points yeah. like there are Got different it. point requirements like it just it just it makes you it you're going to make a hard choice and the dice just tells you how hard like it's different crew be. Yeah. as an example different crew have different special abilities like one crew crew member might give everyone in that room one additional health but that's only if you roll a five or higher and put that dice on the crew member which means it can't be used for things like repairs or anything yeah, else or food yeah. uh also in almost every room, there are one or more numbers when rolled on the dice that will have a negative effect. Cool. So, like, let's say there's a four, and that four is an injury, and you walk in with a crew member that's got two health. If you roll two fours, two fours they, then that, that person made. is dead. Yep. And the, uh, um, and you know, I was, I was, I've been in a situation where everybody was healthy. Everything was going great. I go into this room. I I I gone to one of the pods where I was able to give this guy like extra dice in his pool, and having extra dice in your pool is super valuable. And so I walked into this room, and I I think it might have even been hydroponics or something like that. And I was like, man, I've got like six or seven dice in my pool. I'm gonna create food for days. I rolled it and got <laughs> five fives. So they were all injuries. <laughs> oh, man, and he goes. Burr, burr, burr. And like also, like, roll. it's not like you fix things on a turn and then have a turn to, like, dedicate dice rolls to food or repairs. It's like every turn, new things go wrong. Yeah, yeah. every turn is, how are we going to just barely scrape by? Yeah, okay, all this does sound kind of cool. And, I'm so, kinda and so what really, so what ends up happening, and, like, like, I am totally right there with you, Arthur, when I first started playing this game, I was like, man, this is the most frustrating thing ever. And that's what worries me about this game is that, uh, people are going to get frustrated and quit. Some lethal I mean, word do, of mouth. Does, too. D- does the actually, company that made it care? 
No. Like it feels like they don't. It feels I like don't, they don't no, care they, if anybody their, plays their this game. Their point in making this game is to make this game. You right. know, and I think th- I actually think that this is a game that would stream really well. Uh, I think that's totally it. Right, it's yeah. a Twitch game. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I like much in the way that FTL actually streams pretty well. Exactly. Like, yeah. I yeah. had a stream help me play through FTL and make decisions yep. for me. I love that. Spots. Yeah, I think this game would stream really well because of the shit that goes wrong. I mean, like it's. Uh, Sometimes it's super aggravating and sometimes it's super, super amazing, you know, kind of like the like way the that smallest success is magnified, like the, yes. the sensation of success is magnified enormously, yeah. but it does not. It really doesn't care if you well, feel any at all. How like long is it? The first and the first four characters that you start with, uh, you know, they all have. You oh, know, they're, they're unlockable they're characters, and you can only have four crew. Right, and it but it takes a really long time to unlock the other characters. But when you do, you start realizing that, like, oh, well, that this thing that's killed me five times in a row, if I just had this one character, that would have helped me to get out of it because this one character, uh, I think one of the first unlocks that you get is, like, an engineer or something like that or a secondary, I can't remember what I've they're only called, played a like scientist an or something. And... Uh, they actually have their ability is that you automatically toss out one stasis die. So the two negative things that can happen in any room is that it'll have a uh, sometimes there's no negative effects. Sometimes there's one. Sometimes there's two. Um, and it'll one of the effects is like uh, so if you the can dice re-roll. comes up with a number two. Let's say it'll be a stasis, which means that it's stuck on a number two. So what that means is that, means that you, you have re-roll that yeah dice. you have an ever almost every crew person has the ability to re-roll dice. Yeah. So like let's say you roll five dice and you get two sixes and f- like four twos. You can use the sixes and then re-roll, but. If something is stasis, if there if a number is stasis, like let's say you roll those two sixes and four twos, and you use the sixes but the twos are stasis, you can't re-roll them. Like they're just stuck that way. Yeah. FTL Yahtzee Dead Space. <laughs> kind of. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long is a FTL Souls game? FTL how long Souls. does it take to fail? Like with FTL, it was I, destructive because you'd play I for an hour and a half, really two hours, quick. and then roll into a boss you literally couldn't yeah. beat, and it would be like, "Well, fuck. Okay, that was uh, a waste of my time." I've I've failed in I've failed in two turns before. Okay. How long does that take though? Like, how long is a turn? I, it's hard. It's hard to say because it's, it's turn based. So yeah. like, it's as fast as you make your decisions that'll okay. be done. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're waiting for things to happen. They just happen. So in an hour and a half, you've probably played through it, quote unquote. Like no, I've, a few times. I've like had like games four or five. Okay. like that's cool. Failed attempts. I don't think I've gotten past the fourth or fifth. So day. you're not sinking in a shit ton of time and failing. No, out. it's okay. it's very easy to be a thing that you do on the side while you're doing something else as that's well. Awesome. Um, and I'm shocked that it's not on iOS yet. I'm sure I that it will be. First question I asked when you guys started talking uh, about it. Originally it was announced, but I don't know. Like, Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I bet it will be at some point. I mean, it's, I have it's no inside info on there. sale right now for like $8, I think. Somebody wants to look that and up. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's PS4 and PC. It, I, th- I don't think it's on PS4 yet. Probably not yet, but I think it's coming because I did a trailer that had a PS4 logo on it. I don't. It doesn't feel like a game that you would play with a controller particularly well. Actually, it totally plays just fine with a controller uh, because you can uh, you can tap around with the D-pad or the thumbstick to any of the dice, and you can tap around to the spots where you put the dice really easily. So it, it it actually works really well with a controller. I had to capture footage on both, so I got really used to both interfaces. Um, 
It's really interesting because there's little portraits for your uh, for your crew, and the more stressed out they know, get, it, it's on PS4 now. Oh, yeah, okay. so everything about yep. like on their website says PS4 iOS, but it's like not out on any of the, any of those. <laughs> it is one dollar off on PS4 right now. Uh, on Steam, it's thirty four percent off. Still, it's nine dollars. Pretty good. <laughs> the user reviews for this is, are kind of brutal. <laughs> I bet. User reviews are. are mixed. I actually, I have a really good time reading Steam user reviews because usually <laughs> the highest voted ones are really fucking funny <laughs> from people yeah. who just get it. Yeah. I, I love Steam user reviews and I love Steam user tags. Most games are like horror walking simulators regardless of whatever they actually yeah. are. Or walking simulator. Oh, I bet this is out on iOS. <laughs> By the time this podcast goes up, it'll probably be out, but the store doesn't update till Thursday. Mm. What, Tharsis? Uh, the iOS store. I'm no, I don't think Tharsis will be out. Yeah, I, don't, I mm. have no idea on that one. But anyway, uh, like I, I actually started to really enjoy it after a while. I was, I, you know, when I... There was a. I captured a whole bunch of footage, and then the next day they gave us, or a week later or whatever, that we had a new build. So I had to recapture all the footage. And normally I would be like, "Oh fuck, I have to do all of this again." And but I actually was looking forward to it because it gave me an excuse to basically play the game all day, and cool. it was fun. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Um, no interest in checking out Amplitude that just came out as well. I'm surprised oh, at how yeah. little I care as well. Talk oh, about a game. I kickstarted that no game. No one cared about that game. The only reason people and all the press people in the industry tweeted about that Kickstarter over every others is because they were friends with the guys. Is this going to be something that I, I see, have to I, cut I, out of the show? I, no. I, I, I fucking love Amplitude. I love Amplitude. I played that game so fucking Dude, much. Dude, I'll fucking say that. To I don't think it could have come out at a worse possible time. I'm just saying, though, that that was like, if you want to talk about... Like fucking actual things of collusion, like that's the closest it'll come to it. Like no, there are plenty of other kickstarters that don't get a word. Well, because Nick Chester's a good guy. It, it, yes, because because it's a kickstarter that gets put, pushed around because they're friends with someone. Nah, I think there was a lot of genuine enthusiasm for Amplitude, which is like rock bands. <gasps> that's why it went across and, the uh, finish line. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like back in there was a lot of thousand people. You know, six, seven. Uh, Amplitude was well beloved by most of the games press in the games industry. Yeah, but all like, of those people have now moved on to positions in the industry. Yeah. Where uh, they make actual money and can support projects like Amplitude. Yeah. But and only yeah. just enough to drag it kicking and screaming across the funding line. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, just no, that's not all it takes. That's all it takes to get, fucking, that's, that's all all it takes takes to get Kickstarted. That's not what it takes to get I'm surprised No, of course. That's all it takes to get the money. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't for. heard about that game, though. And I, I, I mean, like, it just... They didn't really send out a lot of advanced code to reviewers. Like, the way they distributed it wasn't very good. I. It's just... Like, fans got sent codes for PSN, not I, the game. I have loved a lot of Harmonic stuff for a long time. That company is a shit show They're, right now. I really I worry about that. I am surprised they still exist. I do not know that they will exist in a year. That's kind of how I feel, too. I feel like the harmonics now doesn't, from what I've just gleaned from people I know and whatnot, is it doesn't seem like it's the same company it was. Well, you may notice that... Uh, None like, of those people work there anymore. Many, many, many people have left. Yeah. I don't know that I know anybody there anymore. I don't either. Someone asked Does me yesterday to, to like email somebody. Nope. Someone so, asked me to email Harmonix last week, and I was like, I literally don't know who to email. Yeah, I, who I do I talk to? I don't know. I don't know anybody there anymore. Like, they've all left. That's sad. 
That being I, which said, is, when I, I send mean, that, that happens, game, I'm right? going to make all my friends yeah. tweet about it, too. Yeah. I mean, that's literally what we that's all what, did for Matt. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> Relentlessly, over yeah. and over again. I went on every, I went on every single person's podcast that I possibly could and yeah. called in every favor. How much money do you get monthly from Patron? Patron. <laughs> Patron. Patron. Uh, I don't actually care. I'm just saying that, like, it's not. That is, that is the purpose of these things. It's the yeah, eye from friends. But I, I, I do think. No, I just supporters. think that there's a little bit difference when it's a press thing and something you cover. Like, I, I, think I that's Right, but if there's a genuine interest, then it's not, right? Like, if, if a Kickstarter do, project I, comes across a desk and it's like, oh, this is cool, we'll cover it. I like, think. That's fine. Right, but I'm saying that IGN rolls unique. its eyes at 99% of Kickstarter games. You know what I mean? Like, to me, Kickstarter presents, like, a personal ethical quandary. Like, yes. and I don't assume that every, everyone else will feel this. And I'm not saying other people do, but as someone that theoretically like is expected to have like some sort of detached perspective on whether a game succeeds or fails, like recommending people back a Kickstarter feels weird to me. No, like, I mean, I totally, that totally makes sense to me because like, let's say I was still in the press writing. I'd feel a little weird writing about like, uh, uh, like Star once, Citizen at this point, because I did drop like a hundred something dollars. Yeah. And I'm kind of a little bitter about but it. I, I think, yeah, I think like you personally, like backing something and then writing about it. Yeah. That, that's kind of like a, I, I like, don't know at a certain how to point, think like, positively about if that. If you're but in the when press, comes, your coverage could determine whether that thing actually happens. Right. Or not. But I think it makes sense to do a news story on a game that has a legitimate legacy. That's true. But the, the no, that's, of, that's a good point. The evangelism that Anthony is pointing out for Amplitude was kind of weird. Mm. Like, it was very loud. It was very desperate from a lot of people that it just, it was just what weird. What I'm it saying is, how could, where were all those mm. people when I wanted... Uh, when I don't know, I'm trying to think of some Kickstarter Outcast. game I really wanted. <laughs> you not, didn't even back Outcast. Outcast. I didn't even. Not at this point. I've been burned twice on Kickstarter, pretty bad. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm I've, done. I've pretty much. I only back things on Kickstarter that are like a Murder by Death album that's coming out anyways. It's just a yeah. way for me to get extra shit. I didn't like that. Awesome. Like super cool open world <laughs> for, for game. And, that not, and that's about you're that. not the one who's burned me. The thing <laughs> I've got burned on is one is an electric bike. And one is a video game, so mm. two totally different I mean, like, things. The, the the thing about Kickstarter is like like there is an emotional connection that people feel with that stuff, as like evidenced by the Shenmue stuff from last Jesus week. Jesus Christ! Where like what happened last week? I, so there was a poll that the Shenmue developers did asking their Kickstarter backers if PayPal backers should get the same rewards that the original Kickstarter backers got. Why not? Because well, they backed late. They didn't join the Kickstarter. Yeah, and they the decided, Kickstarter backers did because yeah, the they voted backers, to say no. They said no, that's those were things. They said for no, the that's our backers. those are our toys. We're special. We deserve those and oh, nobody else does. Fuck up. And then when outlets started reporting on that, people got mad. Like they got like, You're misrepresenting what happened. The Kickstarter backers get what they paid for. The PayPal backers get what they paid for. There's like this very strong. Do you want the fucking game made or not? Like the, let people donate money if they want. There's let them a very get what strong the feeling of the Kickstarter backers that they own that game, that they're owed those things for their early backing of it, and that PayPal backers didn't earn them. Oh, that is severely misplaced. The only way reason I could see something like that with any sort of legitimacy, and even then I wouldn't really care, is like let's say they do something on Kickstarter, it's like twenty of twenty, the only and then they open yeah. up like afterwards to be Why like Why the fuck would they even send a survey about that? Because well, you fuck with your Kickstarter backers at your peril, who cares? You have the money like that. Well you've already got the money. What the fuck do you have? Because the money isn't enough. 
I mean, because it's not enough. Maybe they did they're not get enough money, money from Kickstarter or PayPal right. to make that fucking game. But the Kickstarter people who are casting that vote to say other people should not receive rewards are not losing anything. Because if you fuck with that audience, you don't get to milk them again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why they did the poll. If, if right. they if they just put up the PayPal, I think thing. that there had been some conjecture on a message board as to whether or not PayPal backers should get the stuff, and PayPal backers are like, "We would like the stuff." If they just put up, like, said, like, "Here, you can get these backer rewards," and you know, like these ones that like were listed as exclusive for Kickstarter are going to be exclusive, I, but I, if you're a PayPal backer, you can get these. I think the if successful. If they just put it up, it wouldn't have even been a story. They quote, the successful Kickstarter like companies like make their backers feel like they are actually involved in the process. Which because, is clearly which is, dangerous. Which is really gross. Like, no, I don't want to be part of your process. I want to buy your shit. Just let me buy your shit. I want to give shit. you money, and then I want you to send me like, the thing when it's done. I am not a cook in the kitchen. I don't care how much fucking money I gave you. No, I Just don't. give me the fucking game and whatever I paid for. I don't need your yeah. update about new whatever. Just fucking, is it done yet? But, like, this yeah. is that's this is how you fund a game like Shenmue, which did not have that many backers, all things considered, and made millions of dollars. It's because they are, these are fucking crazy people. No offense if you back Shenmue. It's a joke. Like, there are people that donated, like, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for another Shenmue game. Which is fine because for if you want to show your The first two games weren't that good. Yeah. Like, it's cool if you want to donate that much to make this thing happen, but this is not... Like, you ha- you claim no ownership over it. Like, this is a donation. It is a pledge. It is not an investment. I, but this is the thing. Like, we are a culture. Like, this is a subculture that not only defines itself on the consumer products that it likes... It largely defines itself on the consumer products it has decided it will like. Like, our yeah. optimism is, is like, culture for video games. Everything about gamer culture right now, like, comes down to obligation. Like, people feel like critics are obligated to ver- verify their opinion. They're obligated to get the games. They're obligated for updates. They're obligated to be part of the process. And none of that is true at all. And I don't know where that attitude comes from, but it's I mean, it mindful. doesn't help that there are companies that very much stoke that. Well, it, it yeah. comes from the the very idea of exchange, where like, you know, my time gets me money. If I spend that money on stuff, then I have spent my time on this thing, and that gives you a sense of ownership. I mean, it's the whole idea of property and ownership to begin with being conflated with, like you were saying, the optimism of gamer culture and and pre-liking things you know like i've decided i'm already going to invest my positive emotion I mean, as well as my treasure in this and I can't if wait it for doesn't the... link up with optimism. my expectations then i have been somehow wrong optimism is a nice way of putting it like <laughs> desperation is is probably more accurate like there is like this investment of self and identity and like limited capital in these things that aren't out yet and whenever anyone tells you anything that isn't like supportive of that it's a threat to your identity and you see it when you when people talk like my game of the year was whatever and someone's like oh mine was a different one it's like well you you know you voted wrong (laughs) like (laughs) like, you don't have a horse in this race like you know who gives a shit like what you like you don't have to tear down what other people think you don't need people to align with what you believe just fucking play games and enjoy what you like i sometimes there are things that bother me like the fact that Jupiter Ascending was on our top ten movies list. Jesus, <laughs> but that's fine. Exactly. You know what? Like disagree. Don't fist fight Julia about it. <laughs> I think Julia and I are on the same side on fucking Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Just making sure. 
<laughs> like when Creed isn't on the list and Jupiter oh Ascending my God. is. Don't fucking get me started. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Polygon. <laughs> Classic Polygon. That is one of those things that I would go there and be like. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Where you wish you had a Hillary Goldstein there to just, like, just put a stick the on the call. table. Yeah. I can't trust Like maybe literally put a stick on the table until everybody gets really uncomfortable. Uh, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. If I saw Jupiter Ascending and no Creed, I'd be like. They really do just write shit for the clicks. They're just <laughs> fucking with me for clicks. But I promise you that there are people that very sincerely like love that movie. Like, yeah, well, there are a lot of people with Aspergers in this world too. But <laughs> <laughs> I realize the look at my voice as a translation. Shut radio. down the room. <laughs> <laughs> He's like flipped an off switch. <laughs> I you don't did, actually you mean that. You just did that for the clicks, Anthony. You clearly just did no, that. He's Anthony doing it for the just that terrible a person. <laughs> he just did it for the uh, laws. Here's a big spoiler. Everyone's doing it for the clicks. It's literally our job. Yeah, I would not. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't no, I put it. I don't do what I do so that like nobody reads it. You know what else I do for the clicks? Everything I do. I hope you read it. I hope you enjoy it. At the end. <laughs> Download this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I don't know. So I. Kickstarter, yep. fucking Kickstarter. How the fuck did we get here? Uh, I don't know. Amplitude. Yeah. Just amplitude. talking about games that I was surprised I hadn't heard more about. Yeah, amplitude. All. Like, yeah. and no, nobody, yeah. nobody cares about amplitude. The prevailing consensus I've heard from people is that the music just isn't very good, really? which is Aww. which is obviously a massive. Problem. That is a fucking deal breaker for that game. Well, yeah, it'd be like someone coming it. out and being like, "Yeah, Res Two's out, but the music's." Fucking sucks. I mean, that, yeah, like, that was the thing with Amplitude is it had like amazing remixes of awesome songs of its time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was mm-hmm. that song? <laughs> uh oh. What was that game you could play that was kind of like Amplitude on PC that you could put any song into? Audio Surf. Oh, yeah, Audio Surf. Audio Surf. There's a second I like one, too. I, yeah. One of my favorite clips of all time was the one where someone had put like the audio to a adult film. <laughs> <laughs> and was playing audio surf and it was just like and it was just like dun dun speaking of things that no one is talking about uh just cause three like landed with a thud didn't it am i crazy well, for i like that, that game i say this i've put about 20 something hours into it doing what Base destructions. Everything but off. the story. Everything but the story. Everything but the, act, the like the game that they spent I, four years. I making. only play the story when I'm like doing base destruction, and I realize that all the base destructions are farther away than the current story mission. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll do that story mission. Which is and, a weird like thing about the structure of that game, right? That you have to like unlock a bunch of stuff by by doing some fairly tedious yeah i mean I, I honestly people ask me like oh do you have the grapple improvements and stuff I'm like nope never done a challenge in that game i did one airplane challenge and was like fuck this i'll never do another challenge so besides, this doesn't sound like a very good game it sounds like a set of toys it well but that's just it the game like if if it was just called base destruction simulator 2015 <laughs> like that part's awesome yeah. it's really awesome just going around blue. So oh, that shit. oh for the on that kind of honesty in a game um, <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just like that's all you want to do. You have way too much health. You can take a bajillion bullets because they know that you're going to sit there and take the time to aim at a dude's head. <laughs> He's shooting you, and you're going to take the time to point at a tank, and then you're going to be like, hold on, shoot the tank once, and now I'm going to watch while he's still shooting you so that you can just watch him get pulled into the air. I hope that Crackdown has like that kind of purity of purpose when it comes out. Totally, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like, you know, like another thing I saw in Just Cause you can do is you can like attach all a bunch of your soldiers to the four 
propeller blades on your helicopter and then take <laughs> off. Holy shit. So then you just have four people spinning on it. Like, stuff like that is like why that game exists. I do it for the base destruction and I do it for one other thing. Like I don't do the dumb challenges, but one of the challenges I do find myself doing is that if you're ever doing something that they have a built-in internal leaderboard for with your friends, it'll tell you that you're currently doing that activity. So for instance, like if you just happen to do a wingsuit thing and mm-hmm. you're going on, it's like, this is your longest wingsuit run, and it'll sit there and tick up, and it'll show you, like, up, oh, fucking Robert Ashley's, like, three seconds ahead of you. Just hold it for three seconds. Oh, okay, now this guy's five seconds ahead of you. So, like, mm. that type of stuff is what gets That's me what sometimes. Forza, like, Forza Horizon is, like, I think the first game. Or yeah. Forza 5 is the first game I remember seeing that. With I mean, I chased all that stuff in Burnout Paradise. Yeah. Right, like, oh, you know, they might, like, they might be like, oh, that was yeah. your longest drift, and if you'd just gone two yep. more meters, yep. it would have yeah. been like... Every time I finished, like, a crazy run or I was going... A thousand miles an hour down a road it's like anthony's going a little faster that's smart like that's good social sort of yeah it definitely has that the kind of live stuff that trials hd had was always the best like anything that hits that bar will have my attention forever i mean it's just like it's just the high score stuff it's 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 like geometry wars and fucking pac-man just cause three definitely reminds me a lot of far cry 3 in the sense that once i finish destroying the bases i'm like probably never going to touch it championship edition dx the only reason i played it as much as i did i mean it was good but the reason i played it was because at ign like the we five had minute runs. there were like four or five of us that were just like competing against each other it was me sam pear scott and i think maybe damon was in there mm-hmm. for yeah. a little bit and it's mm-hmm. like i gotta beat fucking scott's score oh fuck scott figured out a new a new route gotta <laughs> yeah. beat it and i think ryan scott might have been in on that too but yeah like when you get into a score chase like that with other people it's like when those games are awesome yeah um, yeah, I mean, just cause, you know, the, there's something amazing in that game about uh, being on top of a car while a helicopter chases you, <laughs> then grappling the helicopter and grappling the ground and watching it just go like, like full on wrench <laughs> to the ground. I just wish that they could design like a good No, set someone should of definitely steal those mechanics and just put that in a different game. Like 100%. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much. I like don't know you said, how you have mechanics like that, though. In a game that isn't just like completely fucking you limit balls to the wall crazy. Like you, know, you like, give people like only specific equipment in certain scenarios and make them figure it out. Yeah, but I mean like I'm saying like you can't have a serious storyline wrapped in with those kinds of like just those mechanics. You no, know, you make like a you make a limit. No, you don't a need a storyline. Just like how about some fucking good level? Warner design? Brothers oh, license yeah. pays them since they already work with Warner. And pays them to make a licensed Looney Tunes game where you're just doing crazy <laughs> shit that with Acme inventors. And you could make something totally <laughs> absurd because, like, you wouldn't need, you would be unobligated to make realistic, quote, looking graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Just That'd let be them fun. be Acme Incorporated. Yep. And present a world destruction simulator. Um, <laughs> games that I think that you will hear a lot about this month include The Witness. Is that out this month? Yes. Yes. Are you fucking Whoa. kidding me? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Oh, finally. Dude, sweet I, release. I wrote, oh my god! I wrote, it's been like five years. Since I wrote, wrote about, about that game, game in like 2011 or something like that. After was I was it, pl- let's was do it a Google. Let's find out when the witness was announced. It might have been 2011. I went and played like two hours of it straight. You went it was like, I think it was like John's four. House, like right? you went to their studio. And yeah, I went to the, right? I went to their house and played like four hours straight, and then he never came in the room once. And then at the end of four hours, he walked in. And he's like, "Let's just talk about it." I was like, all right, this is fucking weird. You're a weird dude, but let's just talk about it. And it was awesome. And it looked way less good back then. Now it looks even prettier. Yeah, and the, the puzzles super in it, pretty now. The puzzles in it were fucking so And good. if he hadn't shit all over his like primary benefactor, maybe he'd have a good release window for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
Though originally announced in 2009, the witness had a lengthy development period. Blow started working on the title in 2008 after a short break from releasing Braid. Okay, so yeah, it probably was like 2011 when I saw it. Seven years he's been making this game. Yeah. Well, it's like fun. all of his money from Braid. Yeah, like all he bought it. a house, he bought a car, and he made a game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the studio they have in Berkeley is quite nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, I uh, hope that, the witness does well, or it will be someone else's quite nice. I, studio. I hope so too, because that game. I mean, just granted, that was four years ago, but that was a what I played was fucking really some, of the, some of the craziest puzzles I had ever seen in a game. Like totally inventive, so weird, just like right up there. Like that game is going to be like if you're going to play puzzle games, it'll be like that. The whatever game with the with the, with the robot man. Oh, with the lasers. Yeah. Talos principle. Talos yeah, principle. Talos principle. <laughs> and uh, whatever Brain, that other Brain one was. Has amazing. Puzzles. Whatever that one was. That's. But I'm thinking first person ones. The other first uh, person one that was like uh, made by the one guy who almost went crazy. Making August eighth, two thousand eleven. Arthur's site did a feature about that game. I can't think of what it's called. Uh, so I did a Google search of Anthony Gallegos, the witness. So did I. <laughs> A homicide case in 2010 was postponed again this week after two witnesses testified during a preliminary <laughs> hearing in Merced County Superior Court. Carlos Anthony Gallegos, 29 of Salinas, has pleaded not guilty to the murder and hi- car hijacking and Anthony, the death is of there something Jorge Luis Zamora, 54, who was found shot to death in 2009. I wouldn't do a carjacking. <laughs> I told you guys what I was going to do if I ever snapped. <laughs> you're down? You're IGN no, office strat? Yeah, I told It's really everyone. good. I told it's everyone. Really I was like, well, up. if I was going to snap at IGN... I know that there's two ways off this floor. There's the one staircase and the elevators. So first things first, I would shut the doors to the elevators and I would bring a, a pneumatic, a battery-powered nail gun. And real oh, quick, right, the two-by-fours, yeah, no, bat, 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 yep. All the doors are now locked. You can't open them. <laughs> and after that, i just stand by the staircase after throwing some gas around the office and be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who first? Yeah. Dude, no, I Because you force everyone up the fire escapes. <laughs> well, if they're willing to jump, those don't work. Well, there you go. Uh, so that, the witness comes out really soon. Another game that anything. actually uh, reviews for go up on Friday is Oxenfree. Yeah, which I've played through twice and started my third playthrough because I really, really love that Wait, game. Wait, you've third playthrough? It's How long short. Is it? It's like two to three hours. Uh, it okay. can be. My first playthrough was about six or seven. Hmm. Um, How much Dota were you playing at that particular <laughs> point in time? Zero, actually, because the first time playing through Oxenfree was all I was doing because uh, nice. I was on vacation. So it was 2011. It was August yep. 8th. That's what, that's you what found Arthur it. said. I said it already. You I have it, it open already. on my phone, you piece of shit. I was too busy thinking about homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Typical uh, Anthony. So Oxen Free is a uh, 2D side scrolly style walk and talk, uh, walking simulator style. Looking at it, it reminds game. me of that double fine game with like. The, all the like the oh it's funny because i texted marty and said this game is what the cave should have been and he said i had yes. the exact same thought because i don't it, know i don't know any i actually never played the cave but this is what the cave the was aesthetic. super cool and inventive um so auction free is about the this group of kids they're like 15 years old they're in high school they go to this island to get drunk and they that's just oxen. what that's just what the kids do and they go to this island to get drunk and on the island there's if, a bunch of drama yeah, a bunch of drama happens, and then the kids find out, like, oh, you know, if you tune a radio to this station at this time, at this place, weird stuff is supposed to happen on the island, ooh, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, ah, oh, sure, man, and then weird, fucked up stuff starts to happen, hmm. uh, and it turns into a fucked up horror game. Wow. Uh, 
and and it's basically like an adult ghost story told through the perspective of these kids who you kind of just walk around the island as these it's kids. It's a CW show, and uh, <laughs> not right. that bad. Uh, so all all this like is that. is sort of discovering the mystery of this island and what's going on and why the radio can do these like weird things because it has numerous purposes and it unlocks different secrets and makes static when monsters get close weird stuff like that mm. um and it's it's interesting to see these characters' relationships change over time because your choices are they kind of appear in voice bubbles above the character mm-hmm. like you play as this kid Alex and she's you know dealing with some heavy shit and I'm trying to avoid spoilers. And How many people can I make out with during the course of this You can game? make out with nobody, but you can hook up your friends. All right. You can be like, yo, how about you two start banging? <laughs> uh, so your dialogue choices are three bubbles on top of Alex's head. You hit, you know, the button that correlates to its position. Like if you're on an Xbox, like X, B, or Y, depending on if it's left, right, or above her. It's a PC and Xbox. Yes. Uh, and then PS4 eventually. So it's just a lot of walking and talking, but it's... And it it slowly starts to introduce interesting, weird, systemic stuff that is relating to the... I'm trying to be, like, super vague. Like, the kinds of things that Alex says to her friends and the stuff that you're learning about. And it gets a little bit weird with uh, perception and time and supernatural elements and sort of your understanding. Like, what you no is not necessarily what you think you know or is it kind of stuff mm. it's it's very similar to like a horror movie but like to the tune of the goonies oh yeah. okay yeah and it's just it's lighthearted and fun but it's morose and scary and stressful and emotional and it, it hits on a lot of really touching awesome funny beats across the entire story and it's 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 weirdly replayable because of the sort of dynamic between Alex and her friends and the people you spend time with and the conversations you have about the other characters and where those characters end up because of what you've done. So I have not played this game yet because yeah. uh, I was on vacation. Uh, I'm currently editing <laughs> our review of this. And one of the main complaints that it makes is that while it likes the beats and the characters, the story itself is not very good. And that the dialogue options often seem like they don't have any particular effect on the narrative until the very end of the game. I don't necessarily agree because I feel like you see a lot of characters reacting to the things you're doing because, I mean, namely it's like small things. Like if you interrupt somebody, they'll call you out on it or they will come back. They'll backpedal and be like, all right, anyway, so I was saying before about Ren and they start talking about the thing again. Stuff like that is really interesting. Um, but there's no... Right, but that's not a big material difference. No, 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 of course. And there aren't very many of them because this is not a Telltale game. There is no... Nona will remember that. Clarissa will remember that because they just sort of do and they bring it up in passing, but it's not like a big beat when someone's like, hey, before you said a fucked up thing. It's just conversation. It's not like gigantic narrative conflicts happen. You just sort of coast through this world, wandering and exploring and finding stuff out and solving the mystery to the best of your ability. And the story is you on this island with your friends figuring it out. There is no, like, big bad. There is no Can you sort lose? of three-act structure, uh, depending on your definition, but there is no fail state. That's but what I meant. There fail are, state, like, where the game stops. No. the so entire it's thing, not like a Telltale game, especially in that regard. Right. And it, it justifies that narratively in a weird way, but it's cool, and I like it. Uh, 
but yeah, the the story is just like, hey, we're on this island and we're drunk, and what the fuck was that? Let's go find out. And you just go find out, and you dig deeper and deeper in this rabbit hole, and you figure out secrets about the history of this island and the people that were on it and why stuff is happening and what you know it used to be like a military base but before that it was a museum and now it's whatever right and it's it's just a lot to kind of soak in and you learn about this world as opposed to like this three-act structure story about alex it's it's very much about engaging with her friends and seeing how people react to one another in a stressful awful situation and it's just cool it's a really interesting special kind of adventure game that if if that's your jam you're gonna really really be into it oxen free uh, you got to keep an open mind about it if you're not into the sort of walking simulators because it is just a lot of poking around and looking at this beautiful art and talking to people and experiencing weird fucked up timey wimey ghost story stuff sounds right. like a game that's right up my alley especially yeah, considering I think, what i played over the holidays what did you play over the holidays i played the four books that are out of the dreamfall chronicles how long are they each uh yeah when you play four books what's that that's i a good 10 to 12 hours probably total total maybe maybe longer okay so like like a telltale game like yeah. three-ish showers a piece yeah that sounds perfect. about right okay and uh some of them took me longer to get through than others because there was a couple times where it sort of had like really bad direction on it would be like you know like find a way to do this thing and then it's like but it has like very little hint or direction on exactly what you need to do. So your walking simulator stuff ends up you walking around like the same neighborhood 12 times, clicking on everything, trying to figure out what to do because the directions aren't clear enough. So that happened a couple of times, which is really frustrating. But the thing that makes those games incredible that you don't really catch on to until you are into like the third and fourth book is like your there are certain decisions that you think are major that turn out to not matter at all. And you're like, what the fuck? Why doesn't this matter? But then you realize like, oh shit, this one thing that I decided at the beginning of the game had far reaching consequences for like the rest of the three books. And it was this, like in the beginning, one of the first things that you do, you know, as in it, and it has a, for people who don't know about the Dreamfall series, it's a, uh, the Dreamfall Chronicles was, it was a kickstarted game. Uh, for I think just like the first chapter or something like that, but yeah, then the rest for- of them have been actually funded by like a combination of public and private funding. And you know the uh, what country is it done in? Germany, it's, I think. I think. Is it Germany? Germany? I thought it was like a like, or no, I think you're it's, Belgium, it's, I but think like it's Sweden, because it's names. It? The guy that makes it is like named like Ragnar Thornquist. Okay, yeah. So the uh, uh, I hope that's true. It's a fucking baller name. That's but his the name. but the first the first game was the first game was. Uh, uh, the longest journey and then that game came out i don't know how 90s. many 90s something like that and then uh dreamfall uh it's like 2002 or something yeah I don't know. and there it came out on pc and on xbox. the original xbox and uh and it's one of my favorite adventure games of all time it's, for sure it's a game that like only really, loosely related to like you didn't need to play longest journey to play dreamfall no but they're but definitely did, they're definitely more hooks out of into it yeah. and like the same the dreamfall chronicles you're going to be definitely playing some catch up if you haven't played dreamfall you should at least like look at a dreamfall wiki well, to remind yourself it's been so long since i played the, dreamfall yeah yeah and it like it picks up pretty much exactly where the last one left off and you can sort of get a sense for what's going on and like you know, I had to remind myself of some stuff, but once I went back and like read a, a quick like wiki plot, plot summary of Dreamfall, I was like, "Oh yeah, that happened, and it was fucking great." Um, 
And the uh, 2007 for Longest Journey. Oh. Or at least huh. that's when it came to Steam. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, okay. that was the Steam re-release. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a lot oh, older than Original that, release date, April 17th, 2006. Oh, okay. So not that long ago. Yeah, I remember you playing that when we lived in Davis, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like uh, this Dreamfall. The the cool thing about the Dreamfall Chronicles is that you know it's it's a walking adventure. There are some quick time events, you know, to get you through action sequences. Uh, but it's all about you know decision making and talking to people. And the cool thing is when your dialogue wheel comes up, it, you highlight your options, and it'll be like, I don't trust him. And, but when you highlight it. You hear inside of the. There's two main characters. There's Zoe, who's from, who's in the near future, uh, in ostensibly a, a future version of our world that's uh, kind of dystopian, um, but uh, without being a post post apocalyptic. Yeah, it's more and 1984 then, than anything. Right, exactly. And then there's a. Uh, uh, but it's very conscious of the way that our current technologies could progress into the future, and it's it's actually a lot of fun that way. Um, and then the the other story takes place in the in this fictional magical world of Arcadia, where yeah. you're playing another character, who's a guy who's a native to that realm. And so the story swaps between those two characters' stories at See different pictures times. Of real cool uh, bird cats. Yeah, there's definitely bird cats, and uh, the so you're swapping between the you're swapping between those two stories all the time. And e- each character, when they bring up their dialogue wheel, and it'll like I said, it'll say something like "I don't trust him." When you highlight that, you hear like in their head, like like their internal monologue. You know, like Zoe will say like. You know, like, I don't really trust this person because he screwed me over once, but it's the kind of thing that maybe I should keep this information to myself just to keep so-and-so safe. And then you can choose the other option where it says trusts him, and, mm. like, you highlight that, and then the dialogue will so come up. So your character kind of gives you their opinion of this. Situ- it gives you their opinion choice. of each choice, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a really interesting way to do it, and it makes it feel more than more than other games, you know, where you, when you choose your choice, you feel like, in Mass Effect, I'm choosing the Renegade option, or I'm choosing the Paragon option. But it's like the option Light you think they side. would pick. It's either the option that you think they would pick or that you want them to pick, but it also makes it feel a lot more like none of your choices are wrong and yeah. that they're going to result in something interesting. Because I love that because that is the biggest problem adventure games face. And Oxenfree yeah. is really good about that too mm. because it doesn't punish you for anything you do. Things just kind of tilt in a different direction. Perfect, yeah. And the uh, and it's funny because uh, in, uh, in uh, Dreamfall Chronicles, it's very deliberate when you do something that tilts things in a certain direction because it'll actually... It'll actually go, and this wheel turns on the screen, and it says the balance has shifted. And you don't know, you really don't know what you don't know what that means. You just know that you've changed the world somehow. Um, But you know, like in the very beginning of the game, like you start out as Zoe uh, in the future, um, and one of the first things you have to do is she's going to meet her boyfriend who works for this uh, newspaper publication or you know future news outlet or whatever, and. he is like very staid in what's he in what he likes for dinner and food and he's not adventurous or whatever and he asks you to pick up some food and you can choose to pick up the food that he asked you to pick up or you can stop by the <laughs> the communist sausage cart and pick up some hot sausages to try to force him to try something new that decision completely changes certain things and outcomes in the game and Classic you have sausage you choice. have no idea until like you think it's like oh i'm just going to like 
you know, I want him to try something new. And you think, and you kind of have an interaction with him over then it or whatever. Then you fought and you got broke up <laughs> and then he hooked up with someone new and that someone new was someone that you needed. And hey, the longest it, journey it remastered goes, you, is $5 on iPad. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is that something I should just do right now? Yes. Yeah. 100%. And yeah, I mean, it's like the, it does a really, really good job of, uh, even though you're retreading the same locations, making the story feel like you have changed things and moved things forward. And all of the voice acting is really, really good. The characters are crazy believable and fit perfectly in their worlds. The, there's this one character in Zoe's world. Um, Your robot bear? No, that's in Dreamfall. Oh, I was uh, wondering if the robot bear came yeah, back. Yeah, she she brings she brings up like her robot bear toys. Like, oh, I remember him. Oh. Um, but there's this one character you work for who's like this uh, super profane. Uh, like, I think she's either Indian or Pakistani that you're working for, like her robot AI shop, and uh, she just like every other word out of her mouth is fuck and shit and. <laughs> It's she's hilarious. Like her dialogue is some of the funniest dialogue in the game. But every single character is really enjoyable to listen to because they're so well defined. And in the magic realm, um, all of the characters there, uh, you know, are really unique and special because they have these magical races on top of these human races and stuff. So anyway, if you uh, how long did you say each episode was three hours, four hours, right, depending totally on digestible. How yeah. yeah. I like and that. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to book five because the story is a really critical point and a really interesting point. Uh, that that was, I had a really interesting experience with just story driven stuff over the holidays because I just got to sink my teeth into and like didn't have any email or phone or anything interrupted. Both Eleanor and I like were specifically not looking at email. Like had our phones on it's like do not live. disturb. You know. And I just got to sink my teeth into, like, these really deep, rich story experiences. And the other one was Shadowrun Hong Kong, which is the best of the Shadowrun games so far that have come out of kind of the, you know, Shadowrun And that's a full campaign, too. I guess I always it's thought a those full were kind of like, game. Yeah. The second and third Shadowruns are actually much more campaign than the first one. Like, the yeah. first Shadowrun first, meaning the 2013 one, right. like didn't have a lot of meat to it. It was a lot of systems yeah. that weren't very And it very had well it had a campaign and it had a story but was kind of interesting. It was very abrupt. It was. And it's like here's a bunch of equipment but it's really just three tiers of like the same kinds of equipment. Like right. the the bad, the good and the best. Right. It just wasn't a lot to And it. they still haven't got quite beyond that. Uh it's just that the world and the characters uh, and the story is so much more interesting. Mm. And there's uh, a ton of dialogue. It seems like every game, they write like double the dialogue of the last game and double the story of the last game. Um, so running around the world and trying to talk to everybody that you can is always really richly rewarding. And But but it just sounds like now there's like actually a story. That, there's a oh, campaign yeah. to play through yes, and see through. Very much so. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I haven't really played Shadowrun games before because they always sounded kind of hollow. Like It sounded like a good tactics game that had no real interesting wrapping around it. But this mm -hmm. one is very much about like, not that it's like super emotional or anything, but it's, like, it's about family. And there is a thread there that you can follow. Yeah, and just, there's I don't know. enough there that I'm like, oh, I'm interested in this world and these characters' relationships and the people they're meeting and the kind of shit they're getting into. Plus, it's just, yep. it's a cool world, and Hong Kong is a great setting for all of that. Since I finished XCOM Into Me Unknown on iPad, 
I've just I been, love that game. Well, XCOM is out real, real soon. On iPad, oh on iPad, I've gotten to the final room twice and it bugged. And I was, so then I just read a wiki of how it ends. Yeah, because <laughs> it bugged out on me twice in the same exact spot. Well, that's too bad. So, Wait for XCOM. Uh, XCOM iOS. 2 or XCOM Enemy, Enemy, Unknown. Enemy Within. Oh, the Enemy expansion. Within. Or the, God, the I bought Enemy Within and never played it. On iPad, so good. On iPad, it is fucking excellent. <laughs> it is so good yeah. on iPad. I played like 30 hours of it, but then I got to the, the ending mission. Like I said, I died twice on it, mm-hmm. and then twice it just bugged out on me. And I was is like, your iPad wallpaper a fucking maple leaf? So uh, It's a... Uh, <laughs> It's a maple leaf from the cover or the back cover of We Stand on Guard, which is a really cool comic. By, yeah, he likes uh, this Brian comic called We Stand on Guard because it's that. basically about Canadians holding out against Americans invading. But it's also the Canadians <laughs> getting their fucking teeth kicked in and then fighting like a secret, like you know, like 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 rebel war. Yeah, so did you read it? It's with awesome. Americans. No, I just looked at the covers <laughs> and could tell so that good. that's what it was it's about. So good. <laughs> every cover is like a gigantic mech and like a torn Canadian flag flying. <laughs> yeah. This rebel cell steals. Uh, a gorilla, which is a gigantic American mech that like shoots fucking lasers and shit. It's so tight. Comic is great. It's so good. It's also really dark. And they're yeah, just like stomping around in it, doing collateral damage to houses. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Our mistake. <laughs> this is what we're about. <laughs> Uh, I finally got uh, an Xbox One Elite controller. Fucking finally. How was it? How is it? It's really good. Yeah. That is is a controller that makes you never want to touch any other plebeian piece of garbage plastic. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Which is not good because it's a fucking $150. Yep. God, it feels like it. Hmm. Can you use it on PC too? Yes. Nice. I also bought uh, a Windows 10 wireless adapter for xbox one controllers. and then he bought a diamond uh one of those golden diamond <laughs> no they're like 20 it's 20 bucks it's like for the wireless adapters. no i'm just talking about everything else your surface fucking pro but <laughs> you know you're just like i mean that stuff was like for tax reasons arthur did all this right arthur money bags drugs. <laughs> yeah, I, I raised the price on some pharmaceuticals to fund my, my electronics purchases well if there's no, one thing if there's one word i've always been able to describe arthur it's uh affluenza yeah sure ostentatious yeah. definitely yeah. i'm wearing a ridiculous jacket sweater thing right now <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say you look like a star wars character oh, i thought he looked like some assassin's creed it's, it's very assassin's okay. creed yeah, so. I see that if too. we frayed it i did some wear spots, this to the star be... wars premiere i think and people were like is that full cosplay <laughs> or maybe it was the other one. I think it's like the the like diagonal drape or whatever is going on there. Well, yeah, because it has it's like the way that a band coat or a military dress coat would have. Yeah, a zipper. the zipper the zipper's all the way off to the right hand side. I had like a breakthrough moment it. a couple of months ago. It's like you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to buy the thing that looks cool. I don't care if it yep. looks too, like too much. Yep. Yep. And it has you like a diagonal. It has a diagonal. Uh, so you're in good what do you company. call it at the bottom of the jacket? Diagonal hem yeah. line or whatever it is. It's like it's asymmetric. It's it's yeah. definitely weird fuck your whatever lines. dude it's like a cool <laughs> snuggie um, <laughs> that's not true there is no cool snuggie no i used to fuck wear you. Snuggie snuggies are awesome. all the time snuggies are great i went in the christmas party and there was like what are you gonna do with that i was like i'm gonna sit at my desk and wear it i don't understand i don't understand the hate for snuggies they i had a camo so snuggie. legit i had a camo snuggie i would just sit there and make games and is that how you make games with your arms out <laughs> just waggling your fingers that explains a lot about what happened to zombie yikes yeah they're doing all right now good under so, a different name under well yes the new new management new team they're doing all right 
You've been, you, what are the what's doing, the same? The desks doing all right, despite the fact the shitty door. Well, same team, I should say. New management, same team mostly, but they, I don't know. They're doing all right, despite the fact that all that Shinra stuff got canceled. Yeah, yeah. fuck. That was like one of their projects they're working like, on. Fucking uh, pulling the plug on something like they had like two test markets for six months, and that was like you know what? I know, that was like the first game that fuck this. that those zombie guys are working on that was like totally different too. It was like a weird evolution game where there was like animals evolving on this planet square enix was doing like a cloud-based gaming thing where like not only was it like an online cloud client like playstation hour or whatever but also like Mm -hmm. i think all the the game stuff itself was cloud yeah so that they could do stuff that would be like massive multiplayer like and impossible to do yeah like on a normal computer it was all experimental stuff and they were paying a bunch of companies to develop prototypes not even games just prototypes Mm. and then someone in japan was like how much money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and killed that shit. They ate which huge cost. It was like hundreds of millions. I yeah, it was think. like I think wow. it, it was two point something billion yen. So I think it's two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I, I remember think. the zombie guys were definitely like, we got more money than we usually get to make a game to just make a prototype. This is awesome. How does so, it? Yeah, well, I mean, they make the, the coolest prototype. I mean, does yeah. <laughs> does Square Enix really make that much money off? Final no, Fantasy? it was Square Enix trying to diversify and find some kind of. Like, like harbor parent, to land in, yeah. Uh, which I does not actually bode well for that company. If like if you want their biggest forward facing initiatives just got canceled, let me just establish the state of Square Enix. Imagine mm-hmm. if you will that one GIF I'm of imagining. Kermit the Frog <laughs> flailing his fucking arms <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> Square Enix. Yeah. I I mean, like they have like a really good. To me, it's more like a tire fire burning by the side of that the highway. Absolutely does not include Final Fantasy 15. There's no fucking way that game Square comes Enix out this is year. Like a tire fire but... burning by the side of the highway, and when you look at it, <laughs> yeah. we're just past it. You see like a poor little white kid with like a dirt smear across his belly, and a cat just taking a dump. It's just like the saddest <laughs> scene you've ever seen. Yep. Yeah, is there out? like a Sarah McLaughlin song playing? <laughs> try play? No, it's just like discordant piano sounds and the kid's just staring at you. But you see, <laughs> this is like a the next bad Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. <laughs> Square Enix, the next bad Guillermo del Toro Garbage movie. Garbage tire fire. Universal just pulled out completely from Pacific Rim 2. Saw that. Well, Guillermo and meanwhile, he's tweeting, it's not dead. It's not dead. No, He'll take it to Kickstarter. No, he'll take it to the fucking grave. Yeah, uh, Crimson Peak made a total of seventy million dollars worldwide, Ooh. with Yikes. a production budget of fifty-five, which okay. means it cost about a hundred and ten, a hundred and twenty to release. Yeah, I mean that cast was no joke in itself. Well, uh, you know, yep, you, you can find Guillermo del Toro on Twitter, just like the rest of us. <laughs> I'm at Chuff Money. Mitch is at Mitch D. Matt is at Talking Orange, and Arthur's at. A E G I E S. I will not be making Pacific Rim two. <laughs> Go back I would and make. To our I would make episode. Pacific Rim two if you gave me a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred grand. Yeah, that's it. I didn't say what it would be like. That's, <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I'm just. I want to know how I get in. I'm just saying Pacific Rim two. It would be made, and it would be called Pacific Rim two. But I think we've made. all learned our lesson. Indiegogo. Yeah. <laughs> not Kickstarter. Every every ship would be there'd be no more walking things unless it was on like two treadmills, two elliptical yep. side by side. You know, <laughs> and you guys would just be wearing like VR headsets that we acquired. I like it. So yeah. Basically, all this money is just going to Anthony to try to build an Oculus ready PC. We'll film it at the gym. I'll steal two Oculus Rifts from the office. Actually, as soon as we finish this podcast right now, I have to go home and assemble my elliptical. It's laying in 18 parts in a row. Ugh. 
Wow. I so, thought about I buying like an elliptical or something, but there's I do not have room for that shit. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Do you do have that. a garage? I'm gonna go assemble that elliptical and put it all together while I watch uh, season two episodes of the X Files at random. Um, always watch the episodes that don't advance the main story. That's my advice for you. The yep. X Files. I need to finish Definitely. this the sixth season of Archer. Go watch which is better than Archer. Archer, Vo- Archer Vice. Yeah, we're uh, like halfway through Archer Vice, which we had watched fine. like it's, here before episodes, and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. fine. But the I like season it. is is much improved. Okay, is it on Netflix or is it? Uh, uh, it just... might be on Hulu. I fucking hate Hulu so much. It should be on Netflix soon though, because the next season of Archer is premiering very soon. Yeah, Always Sunny just hit uh, season ten or whatever season didn't just start. Just hit Netflix. You send your letters. The letters at djustleepdeskgame.com. Uh, go, go back and listen to our 2015 Game Music Spectacular episode. Uh, Arthur did a really yeah. good job editing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it's two episodes yeah. ago. And yeah. uh, if you follow me on Spotify, I have a playlist of Ooh. all the music that we included in the podcast last nice. year. Nice. Um, Except for Anthony's music, because I don't know what it was. Uh, the couple episodes that you did. Oh, that was just Brian's song. That's all. Brian was one of Brian Altano's tracks. No, Brian's in. song is a very depressing movie. <laughs> So, uh, I always just put the same Brian song at the end from one of his albums. From Misanthrope or whatever. And then, uh, uh, he'll be the one to sue us. I don't know. Marvel Heroes <laughs> exist. You should go play it. You should. You should. We just added, by the time you hear this, we'll be, on, we'll be on the, <laughs> yes, we'll be on the verge of adding, uh, Black Cat and our rebranding to 2016 along with controller support. Oh, nice. <gasps> Finally. So, congratulation, you done it. Congratulations. <laughs> so, singular, just one. And we're all citing Agent Venom as a team up to the game. Know, who the fuck is that? Agent Venom is uh, Eddie Brock, who's like, like another person in the Spider-Man world. He who was, like goes and he's a war no. Hero. Eddie Brock is just Venom. No, he okay, I'm thinking he was Venom. He's he's not. Anymore. Oh, maybe right. I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of someone else. Now this, he's Agent. This Venom. is a guy who goes and he becomes a war hero. Comes back though, and he got disabled he got disabled from the waist down he oh this has got to be like an ultimate so then he thing or puts something? on the venom suit and works as the government as a special forces agent and it gives him the back the ability to use his legs and so his whole thing is that while he carries two pistols he has four venom tendrils at any time that are carrying like, he's fu- jack he's the darkness. darkness yeah yes he's the darkness mm-hmm. with right, more so. teeth yeah he's a just another symbiote guy you get mike Patton to do his voice um, the darkness was really good. The darkness was pretty the darkness good. too was not as good. It was okay. I liked it. Was it. Pretty good. Kind it was of, fine. but it was not. Kind it was, of a, it was just a disappointment compared to the first one. Yeah. Also, like a shit back third in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. really good opening. Really good. Man. Really good combat. combat. Um, yeah. All right. So, anyways, go check out those things. Marvel Heroes, IGN, uh, Outer Lands, Doc. Definitely send us emails because I don't know how many games we're gonna have to talk about next week. And uh, <laughs> definitely and, send us emails. And go check out Polygon.com. And uh, last but not least, uh, you know, say something nice to your parents. Unless you hate them. (laughs) Then just don't say nothing.